week number four on the series I've been doing on being the head and not the tail. And because I'm in a bit of a funny mood, I just had a picture of a tail and that just made me giggle on the inside. I need to get focused. (laughs) Deb said at the beginning of church, we can either do this good or we can do this drunk. And that's just not fair because she can sit there and just drink and I have to sound in some way coherent. Um, But you can do both apparently, but when you are a little in that territory and someone mentions a tail and you happen to love animals, tails are just funny. So... Being the head and not the tail. So we talked in the first couple of weeks about um, in order to be the head and not the tail, we said there are two things that are required. One is wisdom and understanding. So for God to give us wisdom and understanding, insight into the sphere of influence that we are created to have because he or she who has the solutions in any realm is going to be the leader in that realm. And we talked a whole lot about where it comes from, how to get that, and the importance of that. So we spent two weeks on that. And then last week, we talked about the foundations of spiritual authority, because that's the second thing that we need, is authority in our realm or sphere of influence. So we talked about the big picture, and that was essentially, hey, you, everything is under the feet of Jesus, and you are part of Jesus' body. The feet is the lowest part of the body, so everything is under at least the lowest part of the body. Even if you think you are the lowest part of the body, the whole earth and creation has been placed under you. (laughs) Therefore, we have authority. We get to decide what comes and goes in our world. And uh, one of the questions I posed was, if your entire belief system suddenly kind of manifested itself in your life right now, what would you experience? And the answer to that is exactly what you're experiencing right now because your life is a manifestation of what you believe and the the world that you cultivate internally. This week, I want to take that authority thing a little bit more specific. I want to look at personal authority from three different perspectives. One is, where do you as an individual actually have authority? I want to get a bit more specific and a bit pragmatic about that. I want to look at how authority should be exercised and also how do you grow in authority, all in about 16 and a half minutes. You You reckon we can do this? So all you have to do is listen fast and you're going to be fine. And if all else fails, you can get the, bot- the podcast and you can slow it down. You know, you can do that in the app. You just slow it down to about 80% and you'll be able to understand every word perfectly. So <laughs> kingdom authority. One of the things, as we talk about authority and spiritual authority, one of the things we need to understand is the nature of kingdom authority, whether it's spiritual authority or natural authority, but in the kingdom, is the purpose of authority is to bless, to empower, and to protect. It's not to control. Kingdom authority is not about control. That's the other guy. The other guy likes to do that. But kingdom authority is about having the authority to bless, to empower, and to protect. So where do you have authority? And I want to talk really pragmatically from a bit of experience first. And then I want to land it in some scripture very, very shortly in about 15 and a quarter minutes. (laughs) Good luck with that. So firstly... Where do you have authority? So we talked last week in terms of the big picture of spiritual authority and the authority of us as believers as a whole. Now I want to look specifically in where are the areas where you have authority? And I'm just going to list a few. So for example, one area where you have spiritual authority is over everything that you own. Your property, your house. Even if you lease, you still have a measure of authority over that particular space. Um, To give an example, I travel a lot um, with my business and 
I go, therefore, I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms. Now, if you know anything about hotel rooms, a lot of funky stuff goes down in hotel rooms. And when I walk into that room, the atmosphere of that room or the atmosphere of any space is representative of what has been worshipped in that space. That's essentially how spiritual atmosphere gets determined. Whatever is worshipped in that space determines the atmosphere of that space. And a whole lot of things have probably been worshipped in that space that I'm about to come and sleep and rest in that I don't really want a part of. So one of the first things I do the moment I walk into a room because that room now has my name on the who has control of this room for the next 24, 48, 36, however many hours I'm there. And so I walk in and I start making declaration over that space. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I claim this room as kingdom space. I declare that anything that is of the enemy that has ever had the right to be in this space is bound for the time that I'm here. I don't have to clean it forever. It just has to not function for the time that I'm there because I don't have authority over the entire property. I'd like to, but I don't. One day I might buy it. That's a red herring. Anyway, but, <laughs> but right now, I only have authority for the time that I'm there. So I bind anything of the enemy that belongs to that room or is attached to that room. I forbid it from functioning. I cut off that room from anything that is in the territory surrounding it of the enemy and forbid anything of the enemy from entering from outside. And I declare it a kingdom zone. I just say, Holy Spirit, fill this space. And that's my rest place. That's, that's my kingdom sanctuary while I'm there. Because while my name is on that lease rental thing, I have a measure of authority in that place. Do I have the right to go through and clean it and cast everything out? I don't think so. But I do have the right to stop it from functioning while I'm there. Does that make sense? So one of the things we, all, we, we always do the moment we take possession of a property, we've done this with all of our houses, is the moment we get the keys and we walk in, it's like we put a stake in the ground and we just declare this is kingdom space now. This is kingdom territory and we take authority over anything of the enemy that has ever had permission to operate, and we cancel that right now, new authority is in place. And then we just invite the Holy Spirit to come and to occupy that space. So that, that's an example of, of taking authority over that space. Some of us are more sensitive in spirit than others, and that's okay. Some people walk in and go, I feel nothing. And others walk in and go, whoa, do you feel that? Oh, yeah. and, and I'm a bit variable. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, can you feel that? I'm like, no. And then other times when the house that we first started the church in, in Beaumont Hills, when I first walked into that house just before we were about to sign up, this was probably the way that God let me know that this was the house, was I walked up to the end of the corridor, and for those of you who are around then, remember right up the end where the dining table was in that kind of solarium area, I just felt the Holy Spirit just fall really heavily. And I went, like to the point where I'm like, oh wow, you're here. <laughs> like it was that, that clear. So we knew that that was our space for that time and we claimed it and um, a whole lot of really cool stuff happened in that place over a couple of years. But that's just to give an example. You have authority over your space and you have the authority to determine what comes and goes in your house, in spirit. And when you don't know that, a whole lot of things will go down and you'll think, oh, that's weird or I don't really like that or this just doesn't feel, I don't like that room, it just doesn't feel right. And it's like, no, you can deal with that. I remember one of my friends who was, um, from years back who was a prophetic intercessor. The house that they bought, they ended up getting a whole lot cheaper because in spirit, when you walked in there, it felt horrible. And she walked in and she go, okay, I can see what's happening here and, you know, because she was one of those seeing types. 
And as a result of all the stuff, a whole lot of people just would go, oh, this place doesn't quite feel right. I don't know if I'd be happy here. And she walked in and looked at the physical space and went, this is awesome, but felt what was there in spirit and just went, Ugh. but once that name is on the ownership form, we can deal with that stuff. And so um, a few of us helped her out. And um, when, when we were done, she said, yeah, this house is probably worth about $100,000 more now as a result of that, just because it completely changed the entire feel of it in spirit. Uh, and people pick that stuff up even if they don't know what it is. But anyway, all of that to say is you have authority over your space, you have authority over your, over your possessions, and you're able to claim protection over them because they're yours. Um, as parents, you have authority over your family. Now, this transi- as kids get older, this, this starts to transition. So you want to, you know, the younger your kids are, the more you want to use the authority that you have to create an atmosphere around them of the kingdom so that that's the atmosphere that they become familiar with. You know, if they're having things like bad dreams, you're able to, you have the authority to go, no way, not on my watch. Sometimes it's more of a battle than others. Some kids are more spiritually sensitive than others. We have one in particular that was more prone to that than the others. And so the process of, of that battle is a little bit longer and teaching him what to do is a little bit longer. But we kind of go, hey... Under my watch, no, the promise is your sleep will be sweet. So you don't have to experience that. So it's, it's our job as mum and dad to go, no way, not on my watch. You're not touching my kid because we have authority there. Um, as I said, this transitions as they get older. And that, that command in Scripture that says, children, obey your parents, part of the reason for that is there, is an author- there are authority structures set up in the kingdom that we said are there to bless, empower, and protect. And particularly with kids, protection is a major deal because they're much more vulnerable, both in the natural and in the spirit. So the children obey your parents is basically saying to kids, your parents are a covering of protection over you. Stay under that covering and you'll be fine. You step out from under that and you're at the mercy of a whole lot of stuff you don't want to be under the mercy of. So that children obey your parents is not a control motif, it's a protection motif. whether it's nightmares, repetitive sickness, all of those sorts of things, um, we can take authority over that. Even stuff that happens to them in the playground, when you start to see repetitive patterns, often the enemy's just getting around and messing with people around them to try and attack them. But we have authority to say, hey, you're not touching my kid. And then from there to teach them how to stand in their own authority and to grow in that. So we, so we have authority over our family, we have authority over our possessions, our space, anything that we own. We have authority over the demonic, particularly as it attacks us personally. That, that one's you know, relatively obvious, but often not exercised enough because sometimes we don't realise some of the stuff that's coming against us is actually the enemy and we can put a knife through it. We actually have authority over sickness. We actually don't have to put up with it. Now, we are still in the journey of learning how to dismantle disease and how to take authority over it. We don't get it right every time, but Jesus paid a price for that. It's under the blood, therefore we have authority over it. And as long as I'm breathing, I'm going to keep pushing in to make sure that sickness doesn't stand. Um, There's a whole other message on several of those. But anything in your realm or sphere that's on earth that isn't in heaven, you have authority over. Because our commission as believers is to bring heaven to earth. And we've been equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring heaven to earth. So any, anything that doesn't line up with heaven in your life, you have authority over that thing. 
And part of our journey of discipleship and growing in the kingdom is learning how to exercise that authority well. So that's kind of the stuff that enters it, that, that is in our sphere. But then as well, we have authority in the realm of our personal breakthrough. So where you have had personal breakthrough in something, whether it's a physical condition, an emotional, a spiritual condition, whatever it is, if you have had personal breakthrough in that, you have authority to release that to others. When it, so quite often when we're in a group of people praying and someone has a particular thing or a condition that I know someone else has been healed of, I get them to come and pray. Because you know, in the kingdom, freely you have received, now freely give. You give out of what you have received. So if you've received that breakthrough from the Father, that breakthrough that you have received can become someone else's. You actually have authority in that realm. And you have authority in the realm of your kingdom assignment. Because God actually created you, wired you, and designed you with that assignment in mind. I, mean, I was chatting to someone a week or so ago, and God had just been talking to him a whole lot about his calling. And he said, you know, I just feel really blessed that God has chosen me for this. And the, the sense was, well, there was, you know, there was a line of 20 people and out of the line of 20, well, I chose you. And while I'm like, yes, that is awesome. God chose you, but it's actually better than that. You were actually wired and designed with that assignment in mind. Like he actually created you. You know, Ephesians says, um, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. In other words, you are wired with your assignment in mind perfectly to carry that aspect of the kingdom that you have. So you have authority in the realm of your assignment. And we've talked a whole lot about our assignment and we'll probably talk a whole lot more about it. But just to understand, in that realm of assignment, you have a calling. Therefore, you have authority to decide what comes and goes in that realm of your calling. And part of our journey is to learn how to exercise that authority. It starts as a seed, but then it grows from there. We'll talk more about that in a few seconds. Now, this is something important to note that is authority actually comes from being under authority. This sounds counterintuitive, but, but work with me here. Authority comes from being under authority. So a policeman has authority in the natural realm, but only because they're under authority yeah, in terms of their local authority at the police station, but they're under the authority of the government and the government has commissioned them to do that. So if a police officer goes rogue... They might have a whole lot of knowledge of how to take you down or to use their weapon or whatever, but when they go rogue, they actually don't have any authority. So authority actually comes by being under authority and the kingdom of God is actually a kingdom and in a kingdom there is rank, order and authority. Okay, so we all have individual authority as believers, yes. But if we want to walk in full authority, we have to see the, the, the kingdom authorities that we have been placed under in the kingdom. We'll talk a little bit more about that next time I'm up here, which will be a few weeks away. But, um, but authority comes from being under authority. And I'll read a scripture in a moment that will unpack that a little bit. But in particular, if you step outside of your authority zone and try to exercise authority, you end up getting slammed. So Acts chapter 19, 13 to 16, I won't read it, but it's the story of the sons of Sceva. Um, yeah, they were Jewish priests and they'd heard about what the Apostle Paul was doing and they started going around trying to cast out demons and they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out. And the demon talked back and said, well, Jesus we know and Paul we've heard of, but who the heck are you? And then beat the snot out of them. And that says they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's what you call a bad day. Okay? 
but they got the absolute snot beaten out of them because they tried to copy a formula, but they didn't bring their life under the personal authority of Jesus, but tried to use the same strategies, and hence they got the snot beaten out of them. One of the dangers, and again, more on this next time, one of the dangers of stepping outside of the body of Christ is it's like going rogue. You lose the covering and the protection of kingdom authority. And hence, you become vulnerable to a whole lot of stuff. And God wants you protected. So him saying, being a body, being a family, is actually part of him saying, I want you covered. I want you protected. So authority comes from being under authority. And going rogue or going independent actually diminishes your authority. Like I said, we'll do some more on that um, in weeks ahead. But that's a quick realm in terms of where do you have authority? And that's not an exhaustive list at all because, in fact, Paul says life is yours, death is yours. In fact, all things are yours. So Jesus' blood played for a whole lot more than any list can ever do. But there are a couple of good starts to say, okay, start. If you haven't already, take authority over those realms in your life and start making declaration. Now, which is a great segue, how do you exercise authority? You see, natural authority in the human realm is basically used to direct people and to direct resources. So in a business, the owner of that business or the the CEO who is appointed by the board gets to say, this is what happens, this is not what happens, you're fired, you're hired, all of that kind of stuff. So natural authority is primarily used to direct people, resources, etc. Police who have authority can say, you know, move along, nothing to see here, while all the stuff is blowing up behind them. I think that's funny. Um, did anyone else get that? You know, nothing to see here. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't that funny. All right, fair enough. It's a bit like the tale. Yeah, I thought it was funny. So natural authority operates like that. Spiritual authority is primarily exercised in prayer and through declaration. So spiritual authority is not so much about I get to control the humans, but it is I get to bless, empower, and protect through the declarations that I make in prayer. So the way that Jesus demonstrated his authority over sickness and the demonic was not by talking to God about the demons and the sickness. He actually spoke to the demons and to the sickness. So he actually exercised authority by saying, you be quiet, come out or be healed. You don't see him anywhere saying, Father, if it be your will, would you remove this sickness? He never prayed like that. He exercised authority by speaking to it. So our job in any realm where we have authority is to find out what is the will of God for that particular situation and then get in a place of faith over that thing, spirit, soul, and body, get aligned with that truth where every cell of your being knows and believes the will of God and then from there start to declare it. Because when we start to declare the word of God, it has creative power. So when God created the world in Genesis 1, when he spoke, worlds were created. When you speak, worlds get created. Now, this is not just a watch your confession and just confess the right stuff because it's with your heart you believe and with your mouth you confess, Romans 10 says. So it's about the alignment of the heart first getting my heart saturated in his truth, getting my heart saturated in his will for that situation, and then out of there, letting my mouth declare it. See, declaration of the mouth that's divorced from the condition of the heart has no power. 
That's worth writing down. Okay? Declaration of the mouth that isn't aligned from the heart actually has no power. Matthew chapter 8. Let's open some scripture. This is a, a fairly well-known story, Faith of the Centurion. So when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. This is Matthew 8, 5. And said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And this is the bit that I want you to get. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this man comes and he comes and this one go and he goes. And to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I haven't found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And so on he goes and then he speaks the word. His servant was healed from that very moment. A couple of things that the centurion says that, that are really interesting. He says, I myself am a man under authority. I say come, they come. I say go, they go. In other words, what he's saying is I get how authority works. I'm under authority and I have authority, but I have authority because I'm under authority. And I recognize that you have authority and therefore the way that you exercise authority is to speak the word. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> More, Lord. Is to speak the word. And Jesus spoke the word and the servant was healed from that very moment. About to say from that very hour, from that very moment. So we exercise authority by getting in faith over his will. Now, I did this series called Living from Another World sometime. I honestly cannot remember right now when that was. It was somewhere in the last 12 months. Um, and if you want it for free, come and ask me afterwards and I'll tell you where you can get it. Um, I just won't say that on the podcast because a whole lot of people will come and get it. Um, but I talked there about the process of faith and how faith operates, how we get in a place of faith, because faith is the currency that sees heaven transferred to earth. Okay, faith is the vehicle through which heaven is transferred to earth. So it's actually important that we understand it. But when we understand the will of God, we get in alignment, then we speak the word, that stuff has to manifest. Now, how do you grow in authority? This is how we bring it into land. Hmm. A story we've often quoted when we're dealing with a difficult problem. You know, when um, the disciples come to Jesus, there's a boy who had a deaf mute spirit and they couldn't drive it out. And they come to Jesus and go, we can't heal this boy. We can't drive out this demon. Can you do it? And Jesus says, uh, Jesus drives the demon out. And then he says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And some of us may have said when we have a difficult problem, this problem only comes out by prayer and fasting. It's one of those, you know. Um, when our kids do particular things, but that's a whole other story. Um, but in that, so Jesus says, this kind, this kind of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. They couldn't drive it out. In other words, they didn't have the authority in that moment to drive that thing out, but Jesus did. And then he said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, yet he didn't pray or fast in that moment. He didn't actually stop and pray and fast. He heard the he heard. We can't do it. Can you do it? He does it. And then he says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. In other words, he had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting when the heat wasn't on. That meant when the heat was on, he had authority. He had greater authority. 
In other words, our journey, our secret history with God, as we walk close with Him and, and as we learn how His heart beats, that is the place of growing in authority. Now, I want to suggest that the occult often knows this better than we do. If any of you had any, and I'm not talking about dabbling in it or whatever, but they know how to get spiritual power. They know that sacrifice, and I'm not talking chickens and animals and cats at this point at the moment, but they know that paying a price for the power they have is one of the ways to increase in power. And yet we too easily get lazy and shabby about our own experience of the kingdom. So authority grows through prayer and fasting, through actually, you know, as we often say, pressing in deep to get greater authority. Now, authority also grows with faith. As we said, faith is the currency through which the kingdom operates. And we grow in faith by the continual exercise of it and seeing stuff happen, and then we have more faith. I used to have no faith for healing at all. In fact, people would come to me on altar calls and ask for, prayer, for healing. And I would, my answer would literally be, I don't have a great record in healing. Really awesome faith builder for them, wasn't it? But I'll pray for you anyway, but it's going to suck. You know, it's just going to have nothing on it. It's a great way to set up the whole environment for them. Um, until stuff started to happen and all of a sudden I'm like, bring it on, baby, let's go. And stuff would start to happen. And there are certain things that I've seen healed on a regular basis that when I get presented with, I'm like, that thing's just got to go. Like, it's just got no chance. And then a whole lot of them started getting healed by accident, even when we weren't praying for it. So authority grows with faith. Yeah, in the early days of dealing with demons in humans, um, and I didn't quite have Sons of Skeever experiences, but um, I managed to keep my clothes and I didn't bleed, but I certainly got run around the run around the neighbourhood several times, sometimes almost literally, actually, now that I think about it, um, largely because I didn't understand how that realm operated and how that stuff got legal right to attack that person. Therefore, I didn't understand how to dismantle it. As I grew in understanding of how to dismantle that thing and how they got there, I didn't have to play the stupid game that the demons often played and would just deal with it. And that's, again, that's a whole other message. But that's to say authority grows with faith and authority grows with understanding. Now, authority also grows by stewarding that which you already have. So anything in the kingdom grows by stewarding what you already have in your hand. So if all I know and understand in my hand is my basic authority as a believer, start taking that out for a spin. Start exercising it and start seeing what happens and keep talking to Jesus and say, teach me. Because none of this is formulaic. All of this has got to come out of, of a relationship with the voice of God. But start exercising what you know and watch what happens from there. And then when your authority mixes with the favour of God, then you've got an unstoppable stoppable recipe. That's, that's when dynamite really happens, where you get to say, no way, that, that's my territory. Nothing of the enemy touches that, and this is what will touch it. But then when the favour of God comes into play and favour acts like a magnet in the spirit that draws to you the resources and the things that are required for the kingdom to come into that area. When authority and favour mix, then you've got a dynamite recipe. And like, like authority, favour is something that you grow in. If Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favour with God and favour with man, Luke 2.52. So if Jesus can grow in favour with God, favour with man I get, 
But if Jesus, who is perfect, can grow in favour with God, then I think we can too. So what's the invitation? We've been in the fast lane today, I know. Like I said, grab the podcast, turn it down to 80% speed, and you, you may have a chance. But the invitation here is to more intentionally step into your authority as a child of God. To not just live your Christian life like, oh, well, I go to church and I have God in my life. That, that, that's, that, 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 that's the baby stuff. But to start realizing, I have been given authority. Everything is under the feet of Jesus. I am part of his body, therefore everything is under my feet. And Jesus has given me specific realms, zones, where I have authority. Start exercising it and watch what grows. I want to suggest this, simply don't be asleep on your watch. And I'm not talking about the thing on your wrist. Your watch, the time where you're alive, where you have authority over that realm, a lot of us just kind of sleep and mosey on through that, not realizing the authority we have, and then we get a bit frustrated at the things that do and don't happen. But realize that whatever happens in your realm, you get to decide. You have authority over it. So here's what I want to suggest. Take a bit of an inventory of your world, your sphere, the stuff that you have in your realm of authority, and go, what's not lining up with how it is in heaven? Just you know, spend a day or two just, just kind of inventorying. I don't even know if that's a word. Inven- taking inventory of your world and go, okay, what lines up with heaven? What are, you know, some things we know, they're not there yet, but they're on the journey and they're moving forward, and that's cool. There's a lot of things in my world that are, the, that are that kind of realm. They're not there yet, but they're on the journey and they're moving forward. That's cool. But where are the things that are not lining up? And then paint a great big target on them. And start exercising authority in that realm. Now, when you start, you may get some pushback. That's called spiritual warfare. That's normal. And in fact, if you're not coming up against spiritual warfare, you're probably not advancing enough. You're probably a little too comfortable. If you're not getting resistance, you're not pushing enough. Because when you're advancing in the kingdom, you'll get resistance. And that's where you keep at it. You don't just go, ooh, okay, that didn't feel good. I'm going to go back over here. We go, right, no, I've got authority. And we keep exercising it and we keep listening to the voice of God and going, God, lead me in taking authority over this. Let's stand. So again, here's the invitation. Is for us as the children of God to upgrade our experience of the authority that we have actually been given. In other words, do not just live your life and mosey on through each day without even considering where is the kingdom here? Because you've been given authority and if, if there's something happening in your realm and you're not standing in your authority, something else will fill the void. And you'll probably get frustrated as to what happens. But you have authority. So Jesus, open our eyes all the more to who you have made us to be, to the authority that you have given us in the kingdom realm and to how that that authority in the kingdom realm can influence and impact and shift the natural realm. Just as a basic step, 
pause on the prayer. Teaching again for a second. If you've never done this, when you go home tonight, take authority over your house and the entire property. If you've never done that, claim it as kingdom space, claim it as kingdom territory, and you declare what comes and goes on that property. If you've never done that, you know, there are areas, even your desk, at your workspace, if you have an office, do it there too. If you have a desk, then that desk is your territory. When someone comes into your space, they're going to get blessed. So take authority over all of your spaces and watch what happens. So Jesus, we just ask, illuminate us, open our eyes so that we can see those realms where you have given us authority in our normal life, but also in the realm of our assignment. And would you teach us to exercise it like we never have before? Because we're here to take ground. We're not just here to occupy. We're here to take ground. We're here to see heaven come on earth in the areas where you have given to us. And so we say in those places, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in those places as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.